Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Hey, everybody. I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 268 on Now You Know. We're brought to you by our amazing Patreon patrons every week. Support creating independent news by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know, and there you'll find some awesome perks and you'll help support this show. And we're brought to you by bigbattery.com. No matter what you need to power, Big Battery can provide you with the latest battery tech at the best price per kilowatt hour, guaranteed. Their batteries are easily installed, require zero maintenance, and they're made right here in the U.S. Pick up yours today at bigbattery.com and use code now you know for 5% off at checkout. We're sponsored by Vessi, the sneaker that's 100% vegan. I really love my Vessi sneakers. They're super comfy. Like wearing slippers. And they're waterproof. I'm constantly stepping in puddles by accident, and now I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that's because Vessi's lightweight, breathable mesh fabric is also waterproof, which is so nice, not having to worry about wet socks again. They've got so many different styles, you'd never find a waterproof shoe in. I love that my Vessi slip on fast, but looks so good. I mean, I can wear them to work or for a night out on the town. And the reason we're talking about sneakers on a channel that's all about sustainability is because the textile industry is one of the largest contributors to water pollution in the world. And Vessi has cut traditional machine knit times from 45 minutes to 7 minutes, which reduces each pair's carbon footprint by over 600%. And you get free exchanges and free returns. You have 90 days to decide if you like them. So if you're looking for a new pair of sneakers, click on the link in the description and use our code now you know to get $25 off your Vessi shoes. All right, Tesla shareholders, it's time to dance a little jig. With the recent run-up in Tesla stock price to over $900 a share, Tesla has hit an all-time high valuation of over $900 billion. And I mean, today it's over $950 a share, a new all-time high stock price from its high back in January. Now, with an annual production rate of a million vehicles a year, six factories on four continents, inclusion on the S&P 500, a quarter after quarter of profits. Not to mention, they just got an order from car rental company Hertz, for 100,000 cars over the next 14 months. And Hertz will be paying full price. That's $4.2 billion worth of cars. No discount for you. I think it's really important that any Tesla shareholder or anyone who's been just invested personally in the story of Tesla to give yourself a pat on the back. This is a huge day for Tesla and Tesla enthusiasts. Yeah, Tesla has proven itself as the leader in the electric vehicle revolution. So the Clark County commissioners in Las Vegas unanimously approved an agreement with the Boring Company to build and maintain a tunnel system that will go under the Las Vegas Strip all the way to the University of Las Vegas, the airport, and Allegiant Stadium. 
The Boring Company should be able to shuttle 57,000 passengers per hour using 700 Teslas in underground tunnels, which will not contribute to traffic. And they will be doing this without using any taxpayer dollars on the project. Yeah, they're going to be hiring local contractors and local workers. And it's interesting to note that the second bid that came in on this project came in three times higher than the Boring Company's price. And their bid was just use traditional light rail. Yeah, it's going to be around 29 miles and 51 stations. So wow. this is a huge expansion for Las Vegas. Yeah, take a look at this map here. Um, we're not just talking the Las Vegas Convention Center anymore. We're talking all the way from the tippity top of the strip all the way down to the airport. It's going to connect pretty much the entire city. Um, and people were asking, like, how expensive is this going to be? It's going to be more expensive than mass transit, but less expensive than rideshare. So it's going to cost between 5 and $20 per ride, depending on where you're going, which is a whole lot cheaper than taking an Uber. And let's not forget, it's Vegas, baby. And as Elon says, this will be cool. Cool party. And speaking of expansion, Boring Company is looking for more employees. The Boring Company tweeted, want to help us tunnel faster than our arch nemesis, Gary the Snail? Positions available in Austin and Vegas. So people are wondering, when will the construction on the expansion begin? Steve Hill, the CEO of the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, says that portions of the main system should start construction within a year. But the tunnel between the convention center and resorts world is already under construction and should be up and running by early next year. All right. So with such an extensive underground Tesla network, are we going to be seeing a Tesla people mover or are we just going to be sticking to Model Ys and stuff? It does seem like it would be smart to have a vehicle that could hold more people because it feels like all the wear and tear on regular like Model Ys and stuff is just too much. Plus, it seems like it takes too long to get in and out. I don't know why I think that. It just seems like it's better to go in and out like through one door, like on a train. But maybe I'm thinking old school. Yeah, I mean, with the station model that they have, you know, the cars drive in, they park like in little parking spaces and that's where you get in and out. So it doesn't really matter how long it takes. It's not like, you know, on a subway where like if someone, you know, has their luggage and they can't quite pull it into the train. Everyone's like, come on. But I, I think that you're right. Like maybe have party buses. Mm, party is, buses. This is Vegas. I'm just saying. Easy to clean up. Shh. <laughs> But yeah, the other thing is with 51 stations, it'd be a whole lot faster if your vehicle is going like direct to a particular station rather than, okay, next stop, Caesar's Palace. Well, yeah, I don't think it would be like that because, I mean, the the small nature of the cars means that they can go directly to where you right. want to go. Right, they can kind of leapfrog from yeah. station to station. I think it's going to be really cool. And I can't even wrap my head around the numbers that we're talking here. I mean, 57,000 passengers an hour. That's pretty good. There should be one stop that's called like the Tesla showroom. Right. Because people are going to get out of these cars and go, where can I buy one? It's very kind of Willy Wonka-esque. Like, you know, when they're on the chocolate river on the boat, you know, and mm -hmm. there's all the doors to different places. I feel like after you get to your stop, you could have an option that you just choose, which is like, do you want to just have this Tesla and just drive home in it? So let's give an update on FSD Beta 10.3. Tesla Silicon Valley Club said FSD Beta 10.3 still coming Friday? Elon said most likely. Then Owen Spark says, can non-FSD beta users get the cool UI to look at? Elon says, yeah, when we're out of beta. So then Elon tweeted on Saturday, regression in some left turns at traffic lights found by internal QA in 10.3. Fix in work, probably releasing tomorrow, which would be Sunday the 24th. So then Martin Bowling said, still to 99 and above. Is 99 cut from yesterday or tomorrow? Elon said, yes. So Okay, so that meant that uh, only 99 and above would get it. I'm still at 98, so oh. So then Sunday morning, Kristen said, hearing that 10.3 is quite a better build than Tesla's 10.2. 
Elon says, as requested. All right, so it went out on Sunday morning. All right, what, did we hear anything about it? Yeah, so there were actually some release notes, uh, quite a few release notes. They made quite a few changes. Whoa, okay, this is the first time they've actually released release notes to tell you what is in there. So let's see. Uh, okay, number one. Added uh, FSD profiles that allow drivers to control behaviors like rolling stops, exiting passing lanes, speed-based lane changes, and following distance and yellow light headway. Uh, wait, what does all that mean? Basically, that just means that you can tweak how self-driving drives. Um, now, there are no individual controls. It's just chill, average, and assertive. What are you talking about? So you can set it to assertive, which means that it might do rolling stops. It might be a little bit more assertive when it's you know getting on to uh, you know, fast-moving roads and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So you can actually change the behavior of your full self-driving. Right. Because, oh, to more mirror like how you like to drive. Yeah, because I think that some people, you know, either feel like, come on, let's go. Or people are going like, oh my gosh, slow down. You know, and I think that that is a nice way for, for Tesla to uh, cater to different types of people. That's really cool. All right. Number two, added planning capability to drive along oncoming lanes to maneuver around path blockage. So basically it can drive around stuff now. <laughs> Why didn't they just say that? All right, number three, improved creeping speed by linking speed to visibility network estimation and distance to encroachment point of crossing lanes. So it pulls forward to look around stuff better. Oh, I like how you're just translating it into yeah. English. That's nice. All right, number four, improved crossing object velocity estimation by 20% and yaw estimation by 25% by uprevving surround video vehicle network with more data. Also increased system frame rate by 1.7 frames per second. Uh, basically, it figures out what other cars and stuff are doing better by using better computer stuff. Oh, I see. So as a car is going through an intersection, it's judging its speed better, and it's doing that by increasing the frame rate so it has more data. Uh, number five, improved vehicle semantic detections, e.g. brake lights, turn indicators, hazards, by adding 25,000 video clips to the training data set. So it should be able to understand what other cars are doing better. Okay. Uh, number six, improved static obstacle control by uprevving the generalized static object network with 6,000 more video clips, 5.6% better precision, 2.5% better recall. Now it knows what stuff won't move like trash cans and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Static stuff. It knows what they are better because right. it has more data. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number seven, allowed more acceleration when merging from on-ramps onto major roads and when lane changing from slow to fast lanes. Oh, that's that's in English. That one's in English. We don't need to talk about it. Number eight, uh, reduced false slowdowns and improved offsetting for pedestrians by improving the model of interaction between pedestrians and the static world. Um, basically, less phantom braking. Oh, good. Number nine, improved turning profile for unprotected turns by allowing ego to cross over cross lines more naturally when safe to do so. Okay, so what does this mean? Um, basically, it's going to take better left turns. Nice. Okay. Uh, and finally, number 10, improved speed profile for boosting onto high-speed roads by enforcing stricter longitudinal and lateral acceleration limits required to beat the crossing objects. Um, basically, it's going to accelerate faster onto higher-speed roads, and it'll also allow itself to turn faster as well. What this kind of bugs me a little bit is that with safety score, you'd get dinged for for steering too aggressively, right. even if you have to get onto a hard to get onto road. It's almost like they were following their own rules before and they didn't want to be too aggressive, but now they're saying they're going to be more aggressive. Right. And is there anything else that came in this uh, beta? Uh, yeah, now there is visual parking uh, with lines only. It always could park itself. Well, it could only park itself between two cars that were in two spots that were apart from each other by one space, which is where you were going to park. Oh, so now if it's an empty parking lot or whatever, you can park no matter like no matter what it can now park. Yes, you can now park in between lines 
where there are no cars. So in a big empty parking lot, it will it can park itself between lines. What's funny is it seems like parking between lines is easier than parking between cars. Why do they not allow you to do the lines? I think that the original intention of this was to help people park in harder to park places, um, especially when you're driving a maybe $100,000 car. Uh, and so what you do is you would drive forward, the ultrasonics would pick up where the two cars were, it would know where those places were, and then it would park between those. And it would essentially draw two lines, which wouldn't necessarily correlate to the lines on the ground, but it would say, Here are the, here's the two cars, don't hit the cars. Mm and park between the, those two lines. And it looks like it's using that exact same algorithm, except now with lines, because it won't like cross over those lines, which means that like you're backing into a space and normally you could just like go wide, you know, and then swerve back into, you know, finish your parking job. Um, but it's like stopping, pulling forward, you know, pulling back it's in. It's treating the line like a car. Yeah, and, and I think that that could throw off some drivers, but it's cool that they're actually moving forward with visual parking, which is something that it's gonna have to do in the future. Yeah, thank you to Dirty Tesla for uh, the footage. Oh, but wait, uh, this just in. Tesla pulls its new full self-driving beta due to software issues. Elon tweeted on Sunday, seeing some issues with 10.3, so rolling back to 10.2 temporarily. Please note, this is to be expected with beta software. It is impossible to test all hardware configs in all conditions with internal QA quality assurance, hence public beta. Well, folks, there you have it. It looks like Tesla has failed at making autonomous driving cars. Yeah, they gave it a good shot, but they couldn't keep up with leaders like Waymo and Cruz. It's a shame. That's how the cookie crumbles. One day you're on top of the world, and the next day your cars just can't seem to drive themselves. Wait, uh, wait hang on. Uh, this just in. Elon Musk tweets, uh, we're working on the issue right now. Interesting. It seems like Tesla engineers haven't given up the ship. Well, maybe in a few months they can try again. Well, I just hope it's not too late. You know, Waymo and Cruise are about to take over this autonomous drive. Wait, wait, this just in. Elon just tweeted out 10.3.1 rolling out now. So, wait, in a matter of hours? Yep. They were able to fix the problem mm -hmm. in 10.3. They've enrolled out a new version. Yes. So suck it, mass media. It's full self-driving beta. It's beta software. It's not complete yet. They are testing and improving it every day. As Elon said, this is to be expected. Um, and this is why they need a lot of beta testers to safely test the cars in all sorts of real world conditions. God, and, I hate the media. Yeah, you know, they take the littlest thing. It's like, oh, they rolled it back. Oh, they can't do full self-driving. Over the weekend, I bet the powers that be got together in a room and they're like, holy crap, Tesla stock price is taking off. What can we do to put a kibosh on it? Get some media out there. Smash it. Yeah, they, they tried, but Tesla prevailed. Those Poor Tesla engineers working through the weekend to fix the problems. Thank you, team. Yeah. Awesome job. It's just amazing that Tesla has been such a public company. Everything that they've been saying, everything that they've been doing, yep. it hasn't been behind closed doors. It hasn't been like, oh, well, if you want to see it, you have to get a special invitation and we'll fly you out to Phoenix, Arizona, mm -hmm. and then you can try it. Yeah, not everyone gets the software. I haven't gotten full self-driving yet. And I'm sad. And um, I know my T-shirt says I have it, but I'm still, I don't still don't have it. Well, you still have autopilot. But I'm not a beta tester. No, I'm not full self-driving beta. They got rid of that NDA thing, which I'm sure just it was like a team of lawyers was like, we should have an NDA. And so now it's this like, 
publicly viewed uh, beta software program for what is one of the hardest problems to solve in the world. Exactly. And, and, and you need data for it. And right. that, I mean, otherwise, yeah, they could keep it quiet, but they need millions and billions of miles of data. Right. And, you know, if you like what we're doing on the show, please do us a big favor and hit the like button. I know it seems like a little thing, but it makes a huge difference to our channel. All right. So Teslarati reported that inattentive FSD beta drivers were getting this email. Hello. You are receiving this email because telemetry from your vehicle was flagged for improper usage of the full self-driving beta feature. Specifically, while using the full self-driving beta feature, you or another driver of your vehicle received two or more strikeouts, which resulted in the loss of autopilot availability for that drive, or at least one strike per five kilometers, that's about three miles, driven on autopilot, which is a visual and audible warning that requires attention. This is your only warning to please keep your hands on the wheel and remain attentive at all times when using autopilot. The car is not autonomous, and if you aren't paying attention, a crash could happen, and you or others could get hurt or worse. So failure to abide by this warning will result in removal of the full self-driving beta feature from your vehicle, the Tesla team. So is Tesla enforcing strict FSD beta rules for inattentive drivers? Elon said, we are. And that makes sense, right? Uh, you don't just get this like, hey, I finally got full self-driving, going to sleep. Right. This is, you're supposed to be beta testing it. You're supposed to be attentive. And that was what the whole safety score thing was about. It's nice to see that Tesla is taking this seriously and that they uh, have some Pretty, I think, pretty fair metrics um, for tracking this sort of thing. Yeah. Speaking about tweets from Elon to do with full self-driving, this one is probably one of the most exciting for me personally in a long time. Tesla Silicon Valley Club tweeted out, what is going to happen to 2016 and 2017 Teslas with full self-driving? Will they get beta? Members are working on high safety scores. Elon said, yeah. Although early production cars will need camera upgrades as well as full self-driving computer, all included in the price. Holmar's catalog tweeted out, breaking, early production Teslas with hardware 2 will require a free camera upgrade included in the price of full self-driving. Don't worry, Tesla prepared for this. The cameras just pop right off and can be replaced with the latest model. Super smart, right? And Elon said, exactly. Uh, hang on. Uh -huh. For literally years since I got Sparky, as soon as they came up with the better versions of FSD and the new computers and the new cameras all around the car, I thought like, Sparky can't ever drive a full self-driving. It's not going to happen. Um, and I thought I was just stuck. I mean, you weren't alone. A lot of drivers of uh, earlier Teslas who paid for full self-driving. Yeah, I paid for it. Um, were kind of peeved because it was like, you know, everyone was getting like, you know, people driving their Model 3s in, getting upgraded hardware. And it was like, uh what about what about Sparky? What about my car? Right. And so I just kind of thought, well, I mean, we've been overlooked or something. And we always kind of knew, like, in theory, you could change out the cameras and put in a better computer. But we thought, like, well, that's going to cost too much. Tesla won't do it. Now this tweet confirms it. They're going to update your car. It sounds kind of crazy because, I mean, Sparky doesn't have any side repeater cameras, doesn't have any B-pillar cameras. I mean, yeah, it has the front camera and it has the rear camera. Those might need to be replaced as well. And it doesn't have the hardware 3 computer. So that's a lot of stuff that needs to be replaced. Yeah, I mean, my kind of question is, is Tesla going to try and just basically offer you a good deal on the next car so that they don't have to do that to the cars? Because I'm guessing that's like at least $10,000 worth of work to get Sparky up to 
the latest version of autopilot. So we'll have to see how it goes, but we have a tweet. Yeah. Elon basically put his staked his reputation using this tweet to say that Sparky's going to be getting full self-driving, which is amazing because yeah. I mean, hey, you did pay for it yep. very early on, so yeah, it was it was not $10,000 at the time. No, it was uh, 2500, I think. But we helped pay for the company to get, you know, off the ground. Exactly, and it d- wasn't clear as to whether or not you were ever going to have full self-driving. I mean, there was right. no such thing as a beta button. There were you did you could only do you know level two autopilot on the highway. Right. Um, there was no stopping at stop signs. Nothing. Right. So this is really exciting for us older Tesla drivers of older Teslas. Now it seems like we cover this almost every week, but the price of Tesla vehicles has just increased again. So the Model Y long range went from fifty four thousand nine hundred ninety to $56,990. That's $2,000. The Model 3 Standard Range Plus went from $41,990 to $43,990. Again, that's $2,000. The Model S Long Range went from $89,990 to $94,990. That's $5,000. Yeah. And the Model X Long Range went from $99,990 to $104,990. So another $5,000. Holy moly. What's, uh, What's happening? Well, there is a lot of demand for Teslas right now, and that has pushed delivery dates out further and further. Wow, look at these dates. And you know what I think is doing it? I think that Hertz story that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, uh, the car rental company Hertz just bought 100,000 cars. I think they've probably, sorry to say this, but I think they've probably been bumped up to the front of the line because uh, to get their cars in 14 months means that I think that some Tesla customers had to be bumped back or something. Uh, So I think that has a lot to do with these dates being moved so quickly and the price is going up so fast. So, I mean, thank you, Hertz, for buying the cars, but also thank you, Hertz, for buying the cars. I don't think that's why the price is going up. I really? think Tesla is seeing that parts are getting more expensive because of supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. Labor is getting more expensive. Even just delivering the cars is going to get more expensive. So I think that those are also some of the reasons why we're seeing price increases. But my question is, these price increases don't affect deliveries that are happening now. Yeah, no, if you already have your order in, you're, you're, you've locked in your price. Although for me, the question is... If people defer orders to mm-hmm. hopefully get that tax incentive, which, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's going to, you know, take effect January 1st, people who are, you know, going to be getting their cars delivered in like November, December, they're definitely going to want to defer right. so that way they can get a huge tax break. Depending on how the tax code is written. Like, we don't know. Right. We, of course, we don't know. But there could be a mad rush to defer orders November 1st, and then a huge delivery crunch starting January 1st. Yeah, you're talking U.S., and I agree with you. Uh, fourth quarter of U.S. could be really weird, but maybe they're going to, maybe they're already seeing that ahead of time, and maybe that's why, like, Hertz is going to be getting a lot of those cars, and also Europe and China. So, you know, maybe they're already figuring all this out. But the other thing is, I think a lot of people don't care. I was just at a Tesla showroom, and I just saw bazillions of people getting their new Teslas, and I think people can't wait. Yeah, I think that that's definitely true. I've heard from a lot of people that like they don't care if the tax incentive goes through, they're still going to be buying their car, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. And just something I'd like to bring up. I'm not a tax expert, so I don't know this for sure. But I think if you got your car before you were able to get the tax incentive, you now have a non-tax incentive car. I think when you go to sell that, you can sell it with the tax incentive to someone else. So it's almost like... Yeah, I believe so. Okay, well, check with your yeah, check with CPAs your CPAs te- <laughs> and your to call up Tesla and ask them that because I don't know if that's true. Yes, comment down below if uh, you're a CPA and you know the answer. So you remember that crash back on April 16th in Texas? Two people were killed when a Tesla Model S hit a tree and caught on fire. All the press outlets immediately blamed Tesla, saying no one in driver's seat. Well, this is exactly what we said 
would happen. So, of course, the mass media was going to gobble up this story that came out early last week. Uh, before they even knew what happened, they came out with all of these sensational stories about the fatal car crash involving a Tesla in Texas. No one was driving the car. So on Thursday, the NTSB released an update to its investigation based on the event data recorder, or the EDR, which is in every Tesla. Quote, the agency reported that the EDR data points to the driver actually being in the driver's seat at the moment of the crash and pressing the accelerator pedal. With the assistance of the EDR module manufacturer, the NTSB Recorders Laboratory repaired and downloaded the fire-damaged EDR. Data from the module indicate that both the driver and the passenger seat were occupied and that the seatbelts were buckled when the EDR recorded the crash. The data also indicate that the driver was applying the accelerator in the time leading up to the crash Application of the accelerator pedal was found to be as high as 98.8%. The highest speed recorded by the EDR in the five seconds leading up to the crash was 67 miles an hour. So yeah, you remember that when this happened at the time, we waited a week to report on the story until we had more data because everyone was just reporting what some police officer on the scene said happened and was wrong about. And this kicked off like the dumbest, like chain of logic that I've ever seen. People were like, well, if there was a, someone in the driver's seat, then the car must have been driving itself. For that to have happened, it would have, A, needed to have lines on the road, which people quickly were able to de debunk because you could go look at Google Maps. Right. This was a cul-de-sac road. There's no lines on the road, so we will not go into autopilot. Right. Secondly, autopilot doesn't floor it. No. It, it doesn't just go like, okay, let's go, suckers. <laughs> It doesn't do that. Right. So you wouldn't be able to get up to 67 miles an hour. And then thirdly, the car doesn't drive itself if there isn't anyone in the driver's seat. Right. And we said that. We said that in our reporting back in April. And again, this is the problem with the media. They don't understand the cars and they just want views. So they just put ridiculous crap out right. there, which misinforms everyone. It's such a travesty to making cars safer, which is what Teslas do. And have all the newspapers and, and journalists come back and say, like, oh, I'm sorry, we were wrong. Big, massive correction. Uh, let's make this a leading story. No. No, the New York Times still has that headline on their site. Right. There was so much news from the Tesla Q3 earnings call last week. We covered it on our in-depth that came out last Thursday. If you didn't watch it, then you're missing a lot. So definitely go check that out if you haven't seen it. And this week, Ethan and I reviewed the Ariel X class over on the Now Let's Review channel. If you've been disinterested in e-bikes up to this point, I think this should be something to consider. Yeah, you've been riding this e-bike all summer and fall. Yeah. This might be my favorite e-bike so far. I love having suspension and a powerful motor. And a great range, too. I mean, you and Ethan tested close to 30 miles of range. Yeah, and I urge you to check out our review. Maybe it's something you could convince your family to get you for Christmas. Or maybe give it to yourself for Christmas. Because, I mean, many of us have this idea about what a bike is and what it has to look like and what it can do. But I can't stress enough. Adding an electric motor to a bike means that you can throw all of that out the window. Exactly. The fat tires on the Ariel X class, for instance, means you no longer have to be afraid of slipping or hitting gravel or just going for a ride through the woods if you want to. Everyone we had test ride the Ariel X class came back grinning ear to ear. I mean, we heard grown men whooping as they experienced how fun it is to ride. So go check out our full review over on the Now Let's Review channel to see if this might be the e-bike for you. And we reviewed dozens of e-mobility products for you. We'll put the link down below. So Jesse Sandoval spotted this Cybertruck prototype last week at Castle Airport in California. And it appears 
to have side mirrors. I mean, I can definitely see the side mirrors. Some people were saying that it had rear wheel steering. Honestly, I couldn't tell you if it had it or not. Yeah, too bad we didn't have like a down view of it, you know. (laughs) Uh, McLovin said, I'm not okay with side mirrors on the Cybertruck, Elon. Elon said they're required by law but designed to be easy to remove by owners. Uh, wait, so Elon expects people to remove their side mirrors? Like, so you go get the delivery and like, thanks for the key. <laughs> I think that this is for off-roading. I'm not an off-roady kind of guy. I grew up in a place with a lot of roads, so there wasn't much need to go off-roading. Um, comment down below. Is this like something that you're going to be like, oh, thank goodness. I, I hate getting my you know side mirror knocked off when I'm off-roading. I mean, are they going to design it so it like just pops on and off like plug and play? Like, bloop, yeah, bloop. I don't know. But what I realize is that side view cameras have been approved in Europe but not the U.S. yet. So if you brought this to Europe, Mm -hmm. you could drive it around without the side view mirrors legally. And if we could figure out if it's a boat or not, maybe you could just drive it all the way to Europe. That would be awesome. But whether or not it has rear steering or whether or not you can take off the side view mirrors, that's whether or not it's a boat. Right. These are all things you (laughs) want to be talking about. And the perfect place to do that is the Cybertruck Owners Club. Tesla's Time News is sponsored by Cybertruck Owners Club, and there you'll find a crowdsourced reservation tracker that you can update and you can find your place in line. Check out their website for Cybertruck news, discussions, and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. So YouTuber Warren Redlich tweeted out Biden administration putting two Tesla haters in charge of the NHTSA. Why does POTUS hate the safest and cleanest vehicles on the road? Elon said, odd. Okay, so what we're talking about here is Stephen Cliff and Missy Cummings. These are two people that are being appointed to NHTSA, which is the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Now, the problem is, as David Zipper tweeted out, here's Professor Cummings' full bio. She is a human factors expert and a former fighter pilot. She has also been one of the most outspoken critics of Tesla autopilot and full self-driving, and you can be sure that the Biden administration is fully aware of that. And let's just hear from her herself. His desire to drop radar out of his cars and now go to vision only, which, you know, there's there's not a researcher I know alive that does vision research who doesn't think that that is crazy and going to kill someone. And so I I like him as a person. I like what he's doing with his companies, but he is also you know, as a as the central point of focus and the hype driver. He's also spreading some, I think, dangerous, at least perceptions about what self, what his car is capable of and by proxy, what potentially other cars are capable of. So this was in response to when Tesla was getting rid of radar for forward collision warnings. And if you remember at the time, there's a lot of controversy right along the same lines as what she's saying there, which is that like, oh, no, you can't do that. Right. It won't work. But it does work. It does work and was tested by NHTSA and basically every other traffic uh, safety testing place and was found to work and be acceptable. And so all that hubbub and hullabaloo was for naught and didn't mean anything. Now, you might be saying, well, this is just one interview. But Cummings has been critical of Tesla in her academic papers as well, including this one called Safety Implications of Variability in Autonomous Driving Assist Alerting. And as you can see here, there's some sections we're highlighting about how she's pointing out all these Tesla crashes. What's funny is that when this all started coming public about her appointment to NHTSA, her paper was pulled from the website and then re-released with many of the Tesla sentences removed. And on top of it all, Mary Missy Cummings sits on the board of Vioneer. What's Vioneer? 
It's a Swedish LiDAR company that lists Tesla as one of their competitors in their 2020 annual report. Oh, and by the way, she follows these accounts on Twitter. As Sawyer Merritt said, here's a few individuals Missy is following. Montana skeptic, really? Yeah, she's following uh, Tesla haters, Fudsters, and Shorts. Um, can you bring up some of her tweets? Sure. Oh, you know what? I can't. You know why? Because she just deleted her Twitter account. But you know what? Don't take our word for it. Matt Smith tweeted out the recent actions from NHTSA appear politically motivated and strongly biased against Tesla. This appointment of Missy Cummings appears to confirm that theory. Thoughts, Elon? Elon said objectively her track record is extremely biased against Tesla. Now, this is obviously a conflict of interest and corruption at its finest. But the good news is that the last time I checked, this is still a democracy. So you and I and you, dear viewers, can make some noise. Write your elected officials from Congress people all the way up to the president and tell them how you feel. NHTSA is not supposed to be a political body. It's an agency made to make us safer. Having Missy Cummings on the NHTSA board will not make us safer. And if you want to share this story with your friends, but you don't want to share the whole one hour episode of Tesla Time News, you can head over to our Now You Know Clips channel, which is a separate YouTube channel where we will put that story that you just watched as a clip so you can send that to your friends. All right. So Elon just retweeted a video from SpaceX, Gateway to Mars, and it's a whole lot of fun to watch. Check this out. think this was a recruiting video yep it absolutely is i mean there's a lot of people who aren't in work right now and they're looking for like i want to do something with my life that i think is meaningful i would say that making rockets is uh pretty pretty freaking meaningful yeah and even if you know you got some people in your life maybe some kids who aren't at working age yet mm -hmm. Show them this video because it's going to excite their imagination like they're going to be thinking you know oh, what do you want to be when you grow up johnny i don't know well, check this out. Maybe you could be a space engineer. Well, and even if they aren't going to be a space engineer, I, I think that what we're really missing is like showing people interesting stuff that they could be doing. I'm not saying that they need to be building rockets necessarily, but I think that, you know, little kids, 
can get excited about stuff like this and that can forge them down a path of something else that they're really passionate about. Yeah. But speaking of making machines that go to space, I wanna thank Hanson Shaving for sponsoring us and helping to make today's show possible. You see, there are these brothers up in Canada that have a precision machining company that makes incredibly hard to make parts for satellites and even the Mars rover. And those same brothers wanted to solve a problem that has been plaguing humans back here on Earth for centuries. How to get a smooth, comfortable shave and how to do it sustainably. Remember that word, sustainably. So just like Elon, they went back to first principles and they looked at everything that goes into making a shaver and you know what they found? They found out that, surprise, the shaving industry has been doing it wrong. Yeah, you see, to make a great shaver, you need to be able to mass produce something with extremely tight tolerances over and over again. We're talking such tight tolerances between the shaver and the blade that even being off by a fraction of a hair width is too much. But that's what these brothers are good at, making super precise parts. Problem is, they make parts by machining metal with super expensive machines, which is expensive and time consuming. The shaving industry wants to pop these parts out by the thousands per day. So did these brothers decide to do what the industry does and just throw more blades and plastic at the problem in a race to the bottom? No. Henson Shaving makes this, a beautiful shaver that will last a lifetime. Precision crafted so that every time you put in a new blade, it's in exactly the same place. For me, it's like shaving like shaving should be. Effortless, close, and enjoyable. Now, with the holidays coming up, you might be thinking about getting a special gift for someone special in your life. May I suggest, if they shave, this could be the perfect gift that they will enjoy for the rest of their life. And that's where the sustainable comes in and why we're so proud to be sponsored by Henson. They make a sustainable shaver. No more expensive, wasteful cartridges to buy. Just simple, inexpensive blades. So go check out Henson's shavers in a variety of colors and use our code now you know to get 100 blades for free. Yeah, Jesse loves his Henson shaver, but it's not just him. Yeah, Bobby loves his Henson shaver too. And check out the hundreds of five-star reviews at HensonShaving.com. Speaking of manufacturing, Tesla has a new website for manufacturing jobs. Yeah, I mean, they talk about 30 million square feet of manufacturing space and over 70,000 employees at six factories. I mean, do you remember when Tesla only had one factory? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, there are so many job offerings. Check out the Giga Texas page. There are over 150 jobs listed there. Or the Giga Berlin page, over 150 jobs listed there too. Yeah, I think that this is really smart for Tesla to do. Um, you know, getting people excited about the job that they're going to do is not something that companies have typically done. Right. It's like, come work for us because do it. I don't know. It's a company. We, we make stuff for do things. We have a coffee pot. Yeah. Here it's like, you know, you're going to be doing some pretty impactful stuff and there are so many positions available. Stock options. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Great health benefits. Yeah, like true. Yeah. Just a quick announcement. Jesse and I will be panelists for an online event titled Climate Change and Transportation, Building Back Greener and Smarter, which will discuss how the climate crisis affects local transportation and what residents and leaders can do to counter this threat. The panel will be broadcasted for the general public on Thursday, October 28th at 6.30 p.m. We'll post the links down below. Welcome back to Now You Know's coverage of the Giga Cup, sponsored by Giga Beer. Giga Beer, an order of magnitude more fun. All right, Bob, well, here we are yet again at the start of the fourth quarter, and we have two huge factories getting very close to the start of production. That's right, Bob. Giga Berlin with an early lead this quarter and an impressive showing at GigaFest. Absolutely, Bob. It looked like the Berlin team was taking a victory lap with a nearly completed factory. But oh, Bob, flag on the play. Brandenburg's shade office for the environment has issued yet another month-long delay. 
Hate to see a team with such a strong offense hit snags on technicalities like these, Bob. Absolutely, Bob. And it must be frustrating when it was the state office for the environment who dropped the ball. It sure is, Bob. Apparently, the previous online comment period put in place by the Environment Ministry didn't meet regulation because there wasn't enough advance warning for residents. Will this month-long delay give the Texas team enough time to catch up, Bob? Hard to say at this point, Bob. Of course, Giga Texas has been seeing huge progress coming into this quarter, but the factory is not in the kind of shape Berlin is. And you do mean shape, Bob. The final chunk of the factory is still missing. But looks can be deceiving, Bob. We've seen cars roll out of non-completed factories before. I'm, of course, thinking of Giga Shanghai. Good point, Bob. And if Texas avoids regulatory woes like Berlin, perhaps they could pull out an upset victory towards the end of this year. All right, well, that wraps it up for us today, Bob. Don't forget, we're sponsored by Giga Beer, the beer that goes down Giga Smooth. I kind of wish we'd stop letting Bob and Bob take over the studio for their broadcasts. I mean, they're a little annoying, don't you think? No, I think they're great. So Chinese cell phone manufacturer Foxconn, or Hanhai Technology Group, unveiled last week at their Hanhai Tech Day a lineup of three all-electric vehicles that it will be making. Uh, first is an electric bus called the Model T, an electric sedan called the Model E, what? and... You can't... That's... No, you can't do that. What, what do you mean? You can't call it the Model E. That's illegal. <laughs> Uh, well, they're in China. Ah. And I don't think they're actually going to be making this, as you'll find out. Um, they're also making an electric SUV called the Model C. The later two won't be branded Foxtron. They'll be made for other car manufacturers. I think these are just placeholder names. What's Foxtron? I thought you said it's Foxconn. Yeah, Foxtron is their auto brand. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. I'm with you. Yep. Uh, remember that we just reported recently on Patreon bonus stories that Foxconn purchased most of Lordstown's factory in Ohio, and Foxconn is going to be building a big factory in Wisconsin to produce EVs. So the specs we have here for the Model C, which is the SUV, 0 to 60 in 3.8 seconds, a range of 700 kilometers or 434 miles. Wow. I think these are NEDC, so I don't think it's that high, but oh. it's still not bad. Uh, Model E was co-designed by Italian's Pininfarina uh, to have 750 horsepower, 0 to 60 in 2.8 seconds, 750 kilometers or 466 miles of range. Again, NEDC. And the bus, or the Model T, will have a max speed of 125 kilometers an hour, 400 kilometers or 248 miles of range. And you think that's NEDC as well? Probably. And just for those of you who don't know what NEDC means, not even darn close. Well, it's the, you know, Asian standard for electric vehicle range, right. um, which is completely inaccurate. It is nowhere close to real world driving ranges. Right. It's we we found that uh, EPA range seems to be the closest to real world range so far. Right. And because their, their test is mainly, you know, half highway, half city, which right. is very realistic. And NEDC, I think, is off by usually like 30 percent. Right. But really interesting here that we're starting to see these Chinese manufacturers really ramp it up. And not only in China, but also the United States. And I think we should pay close attention because just like what Japan did back in the 80s, I think China is doing now. So BMW announced that they started production of the i4 at its Munich, Germany factory. Um, what are the stats for the i4 again? I can't keep all these cars straight. Yeah, this is the one with the 84 kilowatt hour battery pack. And if you live in Europe, you will get a range of 590 kilometers or 366 miles wow. of WLTP range. But if you live in the US, you'll get a range of 300 miles. Because again, WLTP is the worldwide, it basically is, well, less than probably. It's another one of those standards. It's the European one in this case, which right. is again, uh, very rosy right um as you can see off by 66 miles uh, of range for the same car 
Uh, it'll have 390 kilowatt or 530 horsepowers, 0, 60 in four seconds. This is the dual motor version. There'll also be a single motor version. It'll have fast DC charging of up to 205 kilowatts. But the most important thing, how much will it cost? Starting price of 56,395 in the US when it launches next year. Okay, so $56,000, that's a bit pricier than the Model 3, but those stats were actually pretty good of like 300 miles of range, zero to 60 in four seconds. Uh, okay, so the price I just gave you is for the base model i4, single motor base model. See what, what manufacturers are now doing is this little bait and switch. They tell you the best model, all the stats, then they tell you the base model price. So get that best model, base model, best model, base model, oh, best okay. model, base model. So you get all confused. And you're like, oh, for 56.3, I get all those stats. And then right. you get to the dealer and it's like, no, 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 that's not the car you get. Okay. So the dual motor has zero to 60 in four seconds. Right. So the single motor could be even they don't even tell you what it is. Yet. We don't even right. know. They just want to get you into the dealership. Gotcha. Right. Um, it'll make its debut in Europe in a few weeks. So we should get to see a better look at the car then. Um, and please, if you get yourself in one of these cars, film us a video contributor story. Please. Would you like to get out of the house and experience some fun? We'd like to thank Holly, our sponsors, and the leading designer, marketer, and manufacturer of high-performance automotive aftermarket products for car and truck enthusiasts, because Holly is inviting all electric vehicles to the inaugural high-voltage experience at Sonoma Raceway, November 13th and 14th. Holly's high-voltage experience will be a playground for EV owners, drivers, and enthusiasts alike, offering multiple high-performance driving events and an opportunity for the emerging EV culture to come together. Motorsports events will include autocross, road course, drag racing, grand champion competition, and a unique 3S challenge which combines performance aspects of all of the above. Driving instruction will be available by well-known professional driver and EV lap record holder Randy Popes on the full Sonoma Raceway road course. Oh, Randy Popes, we raced against him at Pikes Peak. The event will also feature a dedicated car show with an EV vendor midway to provide enthusiasts an unprecedented look at a wide variety of personalized vehicles and impressive EV conversions. To top off the excitement, Holly High Voltage will include daily drifting exhibitions and drag race passes by the world's first 200 mile an hour EV dragster. Yeah, there's even going to be EV wine country cruises. EV wine country cruises? That sounds like fun. Yeah, doesn't it? Holly High Voltage is something for everyone, bringing together all walks of the EV community and will include attendance by premier influencers, builders, cars, and drivers such as Rich Rebuilds, Bizimoto Engineering, and Jehu Garcia, and more. Now, unfortunately, Zach and I won't be there due to a scheduling conflict, but our very own Steven will be there showing off the world's only cyber quad that he helped build. So get your tickets today for Holly's High Voltage Experience at Sonoma Raceway in California, November 13th and 14th, by going to hollyhighvoltage.com. We'll put the link in the show notes below. All right, it's time for the Starman Report. Welcome back to the Starman Report. I'm Eli Burton, your host. And this week, the SpaceX SN20 Starship prototype came to life in its first static fire tests. This is an important milestone for SpaceX as the Starship marches towards its first orbital test flight. Elon Musk also announced plans to conduct test flights as early as next month, and this is something that you can help make happen. SpaceX has to get approval from the FAA to conduct its test flight, and we can all submit our comments of support to the FAA at the link here in the description. I've already submitted my comments in favor of the Starship flight, and I hope that you are willing to do the same. 
So what's happening is it's normal to have to get FAA approval before conducting a flight into airspace or orbital airspace in the case of SpaceX. The problem that they're running into is the FAA is a government bureaucracy of regulators that is not used to moving at the pace of SpaceX. So what's going on right now and why SpaceX needs your help is pressure from the public actually does help get things done. What's happening is actually typical for any rocket company or airplane company, if they want to conduct a test flight, they've got to get approval from the FAA. Now, what SpaceX and Elon Musk are running up against is they have a pace of innovation that is so much faster than typically the rest of the industry that they're often getting technology ready to go, but then getting held up waiting for regulatory approval. It's obviously the goal of SpaceX and Elon Musk to get that regulatory approval to move faster. And with your vote of support and your comments and your emails to FAA, over time, they will. Anyway, guys, it's been a pleasure being with you. That's all for this time, and I look forward to having you back for more of the most exciting news in space. Well, thank you, Eli. All right, it's time for Into the Future. Escape into the future. Okay, Jesse, do I have a vehicle for you? Check this out. This Swedish VTOL startup just revealed the Jetson 1 electric vertical takeoff and landing aerial vehicle. Problem is the first 12 have already been reserved. Oh. But wait, there are five more slots available for 2023. Oh, and look, there's still three slots available of those five slots. All right. I mean, okay, this thing, I don't know why, but it looks really cool to me. What are the specs? Okay, so it's an all aluminum airframe, mm -hmm. uh, 86 kilograms or 190 pounds, and it folds up to just 35 inches or 900 millimeters. So I guess you could put it in your van or something. Cool. Uh, top flight speed of 102 kilometers an hour. That's 63 miles an hour. Pretty zippy. Maximum pilot weight of 95 kilograms or 210 pounds. So you could actually weigh more than the vehicle you're getting into. Wow. Uh, 20 minutes of flying time and 88 kilowatts of power. All right. I'm pretty sold. I mean, this I know 20 minutes doesn't sound like a lot, but it does look like a heck of a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, I think we should get one because it looks like a ton of fun. What's the price? Well, we need to put down $22,000 as a deposit. Okay. The price is $92,000 and it will come 50% assembled. Some assembly required. What? $92,000 is yep. the full price? Okay. All right. The first 12 should begin deliveries in the fall of 2022. The next five will be delivered in 2023. It does come with a ballistic parachute. Okay. What I found interesting about the video, unlike some of the other VTOLs we've seen, which are flying over like Chinese cities, mm -hmm. this is flying very low to the ground. Yes. And it's flying over a desert. So I think what that conjures up in your mind is like, oh, this is safe. This is like driving a motorbike across the desert. Yeah, it has that sort of ATV feel. And I think that that appeals to a lot of people. I think that like when I saw like videos of the E-Hang and stuff like the Chinese v electric VTOLs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're like taking off, going way up into the air. And then they're like flying over a city. And I'm like, which is what I think you want to do, actually. But yeah, but then I'm like, oh, it's scary. I, I don't. I can't fly, you know, so, you know, I think people get a little bit more nervous about that. But you see something like this and it's like, it's like a hovering dirt bike. Cool. Right. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Um, I don't think that this company is, I mean, they're making what, 17 units. That's not Well, a it's kind of like what Tesla did with the Roadster. You start small and high price and you go yeah. from there. Yeah. No, I'm excited to see where this market will go. I just don't know if this is necessarily going to be the company. Although... I was completely sold on that video. Yeah. All right, it's time for Going Green, and we're brought to you by EcoWare. Now, did you know that you can shop on EcoWare on your mobile device? You can shop while you're watching TTN on your TV. We have over 100 designs, and don't forget to use the code EARLYBIRD 
for 10% off just in time for the holiday shopping. And of course, we carbon offset the manufacturing, the shipping, and the life cycle of your purchase. And we plant 10 trees for every order and we help cap a well for every order. And uh, take a look at some of our new designs this week. Yeah. So you're in charge, huh? This one is better on a baby onesie, um, <laughs> but I do like it. Yeah. And I'm on autopilot. Snap out of it. We got to do oh, the sorry, show. Come sorry. on. All right. So Deemers, in partnership with Lion Electric, has just announced what they claim is the world's first purpose-built all-electric ambulance, the EFX Ambulance. They said that it was designed by paramedics for paramedics and that on average, it is 80 to 90% less expensive to operate per kilometer or mile than traditional type three ambulances. Now here are the specs, uh, 340 horsepower, 800 volt battery pack with a range of 200 kilometers or 125 miles. And it has 3.2 inches drop suspension, kneeling ability to make it easier to get patients in and out. Lion Electric is making this all electric ambulance on the Lion 5 chassis in their Canadian manufacturing plant. And they plan to build 1500 of them over the next five years with the first vehicle scheduled to be available in the second half of next year. And disclaimer, Jesse and I hold stock in LEV, which is Lion Electric. Really cool to see what can be done with an electric drivetrain to make an electric ambulance. I didn't notice like a ton of differences between I mean, I haven't been in an ambulance. Thank goodness. Knock on wood. Um, but uh, for the paramedics out there, what do you think? I want to know in the comments below, because obviously my opinion is uh, not the most important one. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing with the lower center of gravity that uh, you get a smoother ride, which might be nice if you're laying out in the back mm -hmm. of stretcher of, a, of an ambulance. Um, and also the fact that it's quieter and you don't have to be breathing in fumes if you're the driver and EMTs in these things. That's true. All right. It's time for sunspots. So solar panels don't just live on houses or in fields. That's right. You can also find solar panels on cars like the Scion from Sono Motors. Now, you may remember we interviewed the co-CEOs of the five-year-old German startup Sono Motors a couple of years ago and helped them get the word out about their latest financing round. Well, they might not need to do a financing round ever again. They have filed with the SEC for an IPO or initial public offering to list Sono Motors on the NASDAQ under the ticker symbol SEV. Sono currently has more than 14,000 reservations for the 25,000 euro all-electric solar-powered Scion car. The Scion can generate 70 to 150 miles or 112 to 241 kilometers per week just from the sun. The Scion will have a 54 kilowatt hour battery for 190 miles or 305 kilometers of range and a 74 kilowatt charge rate with CCS. Also, this car can do vehicle to load so you can power your camping trip or charge another EV from it. So important to note, they filed for an IPO. That doesn't mean they're definitely doing an IPO. Just means they're getting permission to do it. And if they want to do it, they can. This is not a SPAC. This would be an IPO actually going public without a whole special acquisitions company. And generally, when you do that, most of the time you have to have revenue. So, I mean, maybe they're thinking by the time they actually pull the trigger for this IPO, they'll actually be selling cars. And if you'd like to get solar on something more than your car, uh, if you'd like to get it on your house, you might need to talk to some experts about that. And that's where our buddies at EnergyPal come in. They are solar and battery experts that help homeowners go solar for less. Check out the link below and tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for a video contributor story. And uh, we have two video contributor stories this week. First up, we have Noah's Big Picture Perspective. Hey, now you know, friends. Have you ever wondered why your friends and family don't see the same opportunity as we do when looking at Tesla? I wanted to take a step back and try to analyze this and look at some big data numbers to see if we could target why 
there's a discrepancy of what Tesla fans see versus the general community. When you drive your car, have you ever noticed the brands of the other cars around you? GM, Ford, Toyota, Volkswagen. Depending on where you live, you may not see Tesla very often. If we look at the last 10 years, these are the top eight brands in the world. And I went ahead and included Tesla just to give us a little bit of perspective. This is the first indicator of why your friends and family don't see what we see. They don't see Teslas very often. This is the brand recognition and the hurdle that we have to overcome. Now, if we take these numbers and we summarize them, this is what that chart would look like. And once again, we see Tesla as the underdog. There's all these different established brands that people recognize and generally respect. But for those who are Elon fans and Tesla fans, we see stuff a little bit differently. So let's zoom in a little bit closer on the top three American brands. At first glance, Tesla is underperforming compared to these other giants. But if you look a little closer at this chart, you'll see a trend happening. Ford, GM, and Stellantis are going down in sales. And this trend was happening even before the pandemic. Tesla, on the other hand, has a different trend going. They're growing at a staggering rate. In fact, the EV market as a whole is growing substantially. The popularity of EVs is growing exponentially. I was curious to see what that trend actually looked like. CarGurus did a survey in 2018, 2019, and 2021, all asking, how likely are you to own an electric vehicle? As you can tell over time, it's becoming more and more popular to want an electric vehicle. So we kind of have two different trends that are intersecting here. The first is that ICE cars are becoming less and less popular. We've seen a sales decline over the last five years. Then if you look at EVs as a whole, we've seen the opposite trajectory. EVs are becoming more and more popular. And there's probably gonna be several other factors that help contribute to this story. High oil prices, oil shortages, and consumers ultimately realizing that EVs are cheaper over the long term. So taking this trend into account, we look at the next 10 years and we ask ourselves, who has the best chance of success? Most Now You Know fans have already done the math, but let's look at a few more charts to illustrate this. A company follows a leader's vision, and many OEMs have set out goals for this electric movement. This chart shows us the goal for each manufacturer for EVs by 2030. Now, unfortunately, many of these OEMs have included hybrid electric vehicles in their estimates. And in my research, there wasn't really a good way of separating those, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt and include hybrids for this chart, even though most of us don't really count those as true EVs. You'll see Tesla leading the pack because they don't make any ICE vehicles. Honda and Toyota are technically behind them, but only because of their hybrid production. What would be more beneficial is to look at a numeric goal. How many EVs does each one of these major manufacturers hope to produce by 2030. Most of these manufacturers have estimated between one and three million electric vehicles, while Tesla is aiming for 20 million vehicles being produced on an annual basis by 2030. This shows you that they have a much more ambitious goal and they're gonna be working harder to achieve it. Even if you cut this number in half, that would be 10 million electric vehicles by 2030. That would be on par with Toyota, the number one manufacturer in the world, if you average their vehicle production over over the last five or 10 years. If we look at just the last few years, we can see that Tesla is already leading the charge. And if you look at the competition, they're producing about the same volume of what Tesla did in 2018. So summing it up, the world sees something different than we see. Traditional OEMs may have had the leg up, but they're diminishing and Tesla is growing exponentially. Tesla will probably produce somewhere around 900,000 vehicles this year. And by 2022, Tesla is gonna be matching or exceeding the goals set by these OEMs. Thanks for taking a step back and looking at the big picture with me. Back to you, Zach and Jesse. Wow, thank you, Noah. That was fantastic. So concise, so easy to understand. All right, next up, we have David, who just got his Model 3 and has some advice. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Uh, this is Nurse Dave coming to you from my brand new, just picked up Model 3 standard range. And I wanted to share with you my experience. Um, I actually was supposed to be able to take delivery of this vehicle 
Uh, my original delivery date was October 16th through November 5th. And that ended up actually getting pushed back um, because obviously today is the 20th. Um, got pushed back to October 29th through November 26th. And um, I guess I want to give like maybe a little bit of hope to people that might have uh, a pending delivery. Um, but additionally, uh, maybe a word of caution. So I actually had, when I had gotten my delivery window, went ahead and completed my financing information and ended up having the hard credit check done to be approved for the loan for the car. And ultimately, I think because I did that, um, I was able to get this car, which actually was destined for someone else's reservation that they, I guess, didn't pick up. So they ended up calling me today at around three o'clock and said, hey, we have a car, do you want it? And I said, absolutely. So I got out of work and went down there and finished the process and I'm now in my new car and I'm so, so, so very excited. But as a word of caution, while I believe they called me because I was all set and ready to go, my loan application would have expired on the 29th of November. So if they had pushed back my reservation again, or it had been delayed, I may have had to actually uh, reapply for the loan. So for those of you who are out there waiting for taking delivery, who knows, you know, your date might get pushed back, but then you might get that magical call saying, hey, we have a car for you because someone couldn't come and pick up their reservation. So good luck to all of you out there waiting. And again, if you're <laughs> if you're going through the the, the loan process, make sure uh, that you understand that that you may be facing that loan term uh, expiring before your vehicle gets delivered. So be careful. That's all. Thank you. Thank you, David. That was good advice for people who are uh, thinking about getting their Model 3 pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, fast way to get in the car. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. If you'd like to support our show and see our bonus stories for as little as a buck a month, head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. This week we have Tesla Model S plaid with active spoiler, a new two-seater electric car, and Volkswagen advertises against themselves. So head on over to uh, patreon.com and check those out. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. And these are the people that support this channel a lot. $5 or more a month gets them into the end credits. Who do we got this week? We've got Vincent Lai. Jacob Naib. Virgil Moreno. Stephen Kahn. Irv Leonard. Brendan. Stephen Hunter. Megan E.S. McAfee. Malcolm Cartledge. Piolos. Andy House. Calvin Lesniak. Saofeng Young Blaufox. Aaron Bigelbach. Gerard Clark. Cern Basher. Felix Gottlicker. Denali Backcountry Guides. Yeethick. Daniel Blinkensop. Ron W. Dahmer. Matthew Brantley. Knox. Nick. And Richard Heisman. Thank you so much, guys, for supporting the channel. We cannot do this without you. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week, and Slashdot said 5G lobbyists argues it may be a long time before autonomous vehicles reach cities. Elon says autonomy must and will work even with no connectivity. And Elon tweeted out a doge with a rocket? Well, you know, they're going to catch rockets, so this is... 
oh. catching a rocket, you know? Neuroskeptic said, all success is a combination of talent, hard work, and luck. But having the dedication to work hard is a form of talent. And being born with talent is just luck. Elon says, luck is the best superpower. Michael Sheets said, Morgan Stanley surveyed institutional investors and industry experts on two SpaceX versus Tesla questions. Which is more attractive investment? Which has the potential to be more valuable over the long term? And 63% answered SpaceX for both. And Elon said, CGI IRL. I, I mean, I think that you just want what you can't have, don't you think? Maybe. J.D. Ross said, Google's greatest evil is grooming brilliant 22-year-olds into becoming complacent careerists instead of ambitious founders who might one day compete with them. Elon says, most big companies in tech have turned into places where talent goes to die. Ouch. Woo. Pernay said, how many tons of payload could Starship deliver to orbit if it were to do an expendable launch? Could it deliver about 300 tons to orbit expendably? That'd be like double Saturn V. Elon said, well-optimized Starship would do roughly 250 tons to orbit as expendable and 150 tons fully reusable. Sam Altman said, neural networks really, truly learn. It's not a fancy trick. This is one of the most remarkable things humans have ever figured out, and the implications are difficult to overstate. James Hong says, it is so mind-bogglingly significant that it ups the chances in my mind that we are living in a simulation. Like, why am I alive just as this is happening? Seems almost too coincidental. Elon says nods he says nods dirty tesla said i didn't realize tesla in car routing will change your supercharger stops to take you to the least busy chargers very cool elon and elon said yep and yet they can't do waypoints <laughs> if you want waypoints check out a better route planner use our link in the show notes below to get a 30-day free trial to the premium dr buzz aldrin printed this opinion piece in the wall street journal about now we go where no man has gone before and elon said well said dr aldrin Liv Borey says everyone needs to read any book in the culture series immediately. That's the series by Ian Banks. Uh, FFS, we got to get out of this zero-sum mindset. It's so utterly tedious. Elon said, absolutely. So to our Patreon book club members, uh, maybe we should just read one of the first uh, culture series books. I mean, they voted for foundation series or foundation, but like, yeah, maybe. What's we the difference? <laughs> it's a big difference. And I mean, hey, you don't have to read it. We'll just tell you about it. Yeah, Zach I don't know. I, Zach and I will do your homework for you. We'll discuss it later. <laughs> Elon retweeted the SpaceX tweet, the first firing of the Raptor vacuum engine integrated onto a starship. Wow, that's cool to see. And then everyday astronaut asks, like, why did they test fire a vacuum engine, which is supposed to be, you know, fired in space on Earth? And wouldn't that lead to a bunch of problems? Uh, they talked about a bunch of sciencey stuff uh, where Elon explained that you can uh, fire up a vacuum engine on earth because they engineered it so good toby lee said looks like some tps tiles fell off during the static fire do you think this will be a major issue for the orbital launch or does the team already have a solution elon says no we expect some tiles to shake loose during static fires shaking out the problems literally s padre said starbase launch tower nearing completion with the first orbital starship and super heavy booster standing by elon said if all goes well starship will be ready for its first orbital launch attempt next month Pending regulatory approval. November? Yeah. And did you notice that little arm there that they had on the tower? What? They're going to be catching a rocket. Um, And then Elon tweeted, can I retweet this in cropped form? And uh, the photographer said, absolutely. So Elon said, your support makes a big difference. Please let the FAA know your opinion. We're going to put the links down below. Basically, you need to tell the FAA, yes, let Elon do this launch. 
I don't know why we need to tell them that. Why? Why is it? It isn't obvious, yeah. but apparently we have to make government work. Well, because that's be, how government works. Well, it's because, as Elon said, we live in a gerontocracy. And if you're wondering what that is, it's a society governed by old people. Um, and then Elon was getting in some wordplay. And then he said, erotic democracy is much better than sclerotic democracy. And Elon seems to be in a really good mood because Ambition said, where's the cat girls? And Elon said, maybe Optimus will have a cat girl version. Okay. Why? Why, why not? He's in a happy mood. I mean, he's doing more wordplay here. A macro hard is better than Microsoft. And uh, although Teams is pretty good, he said. And then he tweeted out, of course, a Monty Python sketch, Nadius Maximus. And what if your name is Johnson and you happen to work at Johnson & Johnson? So he's in a good mood, probably because uh, stock was going sky high over the weekend. <laughs> okay. All right. So we had a poll. Uh, what was the question? The question was, what are your thoughts on Missy Cummings being appointed to NHTSA? What do people think? Um, most people said that this is another jab by the Biden administration and that she's a hack. Mm. Um, other people gave the president a break. They said that Miss Cummins looks good on paper, but she is a bad choice. Yeah. All right. It's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. And remember, you can send your stories in to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. So Brian wrote to share with us his story about the Miller family getting the first Tesla solar roof in southwest Washington state. Chris in the Blue Mountains of Australia sent us these pictures of his Starlink setup that he just got this week. Check out those download and upload speeds. Nice. Rick saw this funky Model X at a supercharger in Waco, Texas. They are on a 50-state, 50 50-day 50 tour. The artist was along for the ride, and they first wrapped and then hand-painted the car. Wow. Um, and Rick was smart. He got the card from the artist for his Cybertruck. Nice. Tanner spotted these Waymo iPaces in Dallas, Texas, and he shared a photo of his Tesla already with 107,000 miles on it. Holy moly. And Dave in Colorado sent us these couple short videos of a wrapped plaid Model S that he saw in Thornton, Colorado. And Roland sent us these pictures of him on his Aventon Adventure fat tire e-bike, which he already has 350 miles on, uh, and his Model Y, which he carries his bike around with. Roland says he regularly takes his e-bike for 15 to 20 mile rides without stress, and he's already talked to two of his neighbors into getting e-bikes. Very cool. And then Eric spotted a blue R1T. Where? It's at the Rivian factory in Illinois, which, by the way, is closed on Sundays. Okay, first of all, why is it sitting there and not in my driveway? Secondly, why are they closed on Sunday? Shouldn't you be busy working on making the car? And if you look carefully, that's Eric's Model Y and a Mach-E in the same photo. So three different... You're EVs. trying to distract me from my R1T is what you're doing there. I just, you know... Yeah, Travis Munson got his R1T. Where is mine? Who's Travis Munson? I don't know. <laughs> all right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what we got in the world. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Jennifer coming to you from a Sheets in Morgantown, West Virginia. It is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stall, and it does seem to get iced pretty frequently. We actually had a truck with a trailer parked here. Um, a couple of other trucks came in and tried to park in the stalls. So just a warning that when you get here, it might be iced. Um, but it's a really nice facility. It's really clean. The sheets inside is really great. You can use the restrooms. Uh, they have made-to-order sandwiches, drinks, snacks, anything you could need for being on the road. Um, based on location off of the highway and based on uh, just how easy it is to access the facilities, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. The biggest drawback is the fact that they've got a lot of other people parking in here who really shouldn't be. All right, now you know. Hello, Second Jesse. This is Holger from Austria again. I'm here in Czech Republic at Kamenjujest Supercharger. 
this supercharger has eight stalls and it's uh, right next to the future exit from the new highway uh, two kilometers away and there is a nice restaurant where you can eat and go for a little swim now you know I rate this uh, out uh, nine out of ten now you know hey Zach and Jesse welcome to the eight stall v3 supercharger in Loomis California it looks like this location has actually only been open for a few months, but as you can see, it's already quite popular. At the time we pulled in, there was only a couple of empty stalls. Now it looks like we're down to one. Uh, no, actually, I take that back. There's somebody in the end stall as well. So all eight uh, stations are currently charging um, a variety of models from S to X, uh, to Y to, it looks like we've got an X down there. And of course our mid-range model three and another model three just leaving now. It is literally within uh, earshot of the interstate, which is right behind us. The interstate going between Sacramento and Sparks, Nevada, for example. If you can guess what that means, what our next stop is going to be. Anyhow, given the proximity, uh, you can see there's a Taco Bell right next door if you want some fast food. Although when in California, there's nothing better than a, a local taqueria in my opinion. Uh, there's a uh, grocery store, uh, drugstore, coffee and tea, and, uh, and a variety of dining establishments. Given the close proximity to the interstate and the fairly wide variety of amenities and the fact that it's a V3, which of course means we don't have to uh, split our charge with the person in the next stall. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Now you know. Hey Zach and Jesse, Morgan here in West Kelowna at an 8 stall version 3 supercharger. It's right in the middle of the uh, Okanagan Lake Mall. So there's tons of uh, shopping and restaurants, even a movie theater if you think you need to supercharge that long. Uh, also, you're just uh, minutes from uh, Lake Okanagan, just in the background there down the hill. Beautiful freshwater lake, huge. Lots of uh, beaches and stuff and water, sports things, and just amazing place. So I'd give this a nine out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for recording Supercharger Reviews. It's really helpful and they're all on a map. If you head over to nowyouknowchannel.com, we have a map set up where you can upload your own supercharger reviews. You can view other supercharger reviews. That way, you know what to expect when you arrive. Yeah. All right, what do we got for new superchargers in the world? We got the six-stall version three in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. We got number 18 in Missouri, the eight-stall version three in Liberty, Missouri. Number 33 in North Carolina, the 12-stall version three in Asheville on Thetford Street in North Carolina. Number nine in Kentucky is the eight-stall version three at Beaver Dam, Kentucky. Number 20 in Oregon is the eight-stall version three at Myrtle Creek, Oregon. The eight-stall version three in Williams Lake, British Columbia. Number 38 in Japan is the four-stall in Tokyo at Hibiya in Japan. Number 54 in South Korea is the three-stall version three at LG Wangyo, South Korea. Number 246 in California is the 20-stall version three in Pasadena at East Glenarm Street. Number 41 in Virginia is the 8-stall version 3 in Winchester, Virginia. Number 10 in West Virginia is the 8-stall version 3 in Morgantown at Earl L. Core Road in West Virginia. Number 128 in Canada is the 8-stall version 3 in Jasper, Alberta. Number 22 in Connecticut and number 1,169 in the USA. Number 3,073 in the world is the 12-stall version 3 in Fairfield, northbound, Connecticut. 
All right, it's time for the Patreon giveaway. And if you want to get into this big barrel of fun, join us on Patreon. The more you support us, the more chances you have to win. You could win a $30 gift card to EcoWare. Who is our winner? Elaine Moore. Congratulations, Elaine. You just won yourself a $30 gift card to EcoWare, where we design everything with solar energy. We completely offset it with trees and capping wells. We got some new designs this week. Check these out. This one, again, better for a baby onesie, although it, there are people who are in charge. So Yeah, we have baby onesies. We do have baby onesies. Which, I mean, great gifts. Great gifts. Very very cute gifts. And we have all sorts of things that you probably don't know about. I you mean, get kids shirts too. You can get like, pet clothes. You can get pet bowls. Wow. You can get shower curtains. Yeah. I mean, all of these things with over a hundred designs that we've come up with, all unique designs that you're going to love because they have to do with Tesla and sustainability. Um, and if you use the code early bird, you're going to get 10% off because, you know, it's that time of year. You want to get gifts for people. But now with all the supply shortages, things are coming in late. So mm -hmm. shop early. Yep. Make sure those things come in. It feels so good when the, when the packages arrive and you're like, I got everything taken care of. So use that code. That's just for you guys. Early bird. Um, and uh, thank you for shopping at EcoWare because it supports this channel. And hey, if you stuck around to the end, I just want to give you some other stuff to go watch. Um, we make some in-depths on this channel that don't please the algorithm. And so you might not have gotten to see them. Our Breath of Fresh Air in-depth covered electric lawn equipment. Um, and this one really surprised me because we sat down, we did a bunch of research on electric lawn equipment. There's a lot of new tools out there. Do you know what happened after that came out? What? An executive from the second largest landscaping company in America reached out to me and said that he wants to change his entire company's uh, lineup of stuff to electric all because he saw that episode. Okay. So, so you should probably see it if you haven't because yeah. it was, yeah, I mean, it totally changed my view and I'm an electric kind of guy. Yeah. I didn't know that there was stuff out there that would actually function Anyway, that's one of them. Um, Bobby and I covered how Disney could go green with electric buses in Walt Disney World's Biggest Mistake. That was a good one. That was a really good one. Bobby was really passionate about that one. He helped me write the whole script. I mean, he practically wrote the whole thing. Right. Um, we just found a little little nuggets here and there. And I thought it was a really interesting episode to share with the Disney lovers in mm -hmm. your life who might not be thinking about going electric, but there's so much magic that you could put in. And, so much Disney magic. That and there again, we, we heard from people who knew some Disney executives who could make a difference there. Yeah. So I, I think you should Maybe watch you it. know some Disney executives. Uh, Maybe you are a Disney yeah, executive. Crank up some pressure on those people. Um, I think that a lot of people have seen Tesla Has No Friends, where we talk about how Tesla is stuck in the middle of this stupid political climate that we're in. Um, also, Battle for Your Dollar, uh, the Tom Sackey interview. I know that you haven't seen that one. Uh, we talked with Tom Zaki about waste and how it might be one of the most valuable resources in the world. He's a smart guy. So just some fun stuff for you to go check out. Also, we have the Now Let's Review channel. Um, we also have the Disruptive Investing channel. The so Electric Performance channel. These are all you know, stuff that we uh, help produce or, or make ourselves. I highly encourage you to go check them out. Go subscribe to those channels if you haven't already. Um, it just helps us out. So that way when we're like, you know, trying to review bikes and stuff, they can be like, well, how many subscribers do you have? And we're like, listen, we're just trying to tell people about bikes. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I'd really appreciate it if you did all that stuff. I want to thank again our Patreon patrons who are scrolling by here. Thank you so much for supporting us because show doesn't happen without you. We'll see you next week, guys. Now, now you know. know. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.